Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, reminder, Stephen Holder going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll talk with Will Carroll about 8.30, about an hour from now. He's our injury expert. We like Will, uh, KB, but we hope we never have to have him on the air ever again. We've had him on far too many times this season. So uh, we'll talk with Will Carroll coming up at about 8.30. Tony East, Pacer Conversation, coming your way at 9 o'clock. All right. What is your biggest Will Carroll question? Is it just like... You know, this is a thumb. Could he play through that he it? Played through it, Can right? You not you know, bandage, wrap it up, et cetera, et cetera. I is think that, that kind that, of the biggest thing isn't that the biggest question yeah. that I, we I'm all have. A little like ligament and bone, like you know, do you risk? Sure. Is this strictly like we don't feel like he can hold on to the ball, or is it there is an element in there that you know you could risk further injury with this? Again, Doctor Stephen Shin is the guy that is reportedly doing the surgery. Um, he has done Drew Brees' hand surgery, Steph Curry, Mike Trout. Think about the right hands of those three guys. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I guess if it was the right hand for Trout. But I, I would think those are some important hands in Brees and Steph and Trout as well. Uh, but, yeah, Will Carroll going to join us coming up at 8.30. I'd like to have Will on just talk baseball at some point, not to, not to do injuries <laughs> right. all the time. Yeah. That's right, we should have we him on. Winter meeting time. Yeah. For, Shohei Otani's going to sign with the Cubs We, we well. should have him break the curse and just bring him on to talk about something other than, you know, because every time we have him on, like, people want to hear the conversation, but you also don't want to hear the conversation. Uh, yeah. We had him, what, three, four times, five times with Anthony Richardson. Um, I was thinking as well, I looked up Stephen Shin. Just, isn't it funny? He's a hand doctor. His last name's uh, Shin. Yeah, into yeah. <laughs> your jokes here. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're getting to know all these doctors. Like, remember David Porter? He was the foot dude that did Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson's oh. foot injuries, like within a 24, 48 hour span. Uh, what's the guy's name? Elitrage? Is that who did Richardson's shoulder? Well, yeah. And then Neil? You know, the, the Texas Rangers guy. Oh, Remember yeah, we mentioned him, him a bunch? Yeah. Uh-huh. We're like, is he going to be able to do AR's injury? Right. Uh, because you know, the, the Andrews, Rangers are the World Series. Your time has come and gone. Yeah. It used to just be him. We've, we've moved on to these specialists. Exactly. More of the specialists. A guy would get injured. He would have surgery. We'd all go, ah, Dr. James Andrews, and we would just move on with our lives. Uh, but that's not the case. Okay, so I heard this yesterday. I think... I think it may have been JMV. Could have been. It could have been Jake and uh, Query and Company. But they were talking about how during the game, Lara Overton did have a report about JT's hand being wrapped. Correct. Now this yeah. was mm-hmm. in, and we'll hear this here in just a second. This was at uh, the thirteen fifty one mark of the second quarter. Her report. Now that was a touchdown drive that ultimately uh, that ultimately made it seventeen to three. The reason that that's interesting is that's when Zach Moss started to play and really essentially almost the entire second quarter Moss played and it was like wait a minute what's going on here Jonathan Taylor is rolling I can understand trying to get another uh, player in the game but it was just 
It was very interesting. Taylor got, had one carry in the second and quarter. And then it got 17-10. It's like, wait, what's going on here with Jonathan Taylor? So this is her report from the second quarter on the radio network. You're going to see Zach Moss in at running back right now because Jonathan Taylor is over on the Colts bench with a few members of the Colts athletic training staff getting his right hand and wrist area heavily taped. So interested if possibly he incurred some contact on that touchdown run, but has it heavily taped. He's now putting his gloves on. He's ready to go back in, but for now it'll be Zach Moss. Hmm. You know, it, it's uh, first off, great that's observation. Good, that's good work. From yeah. Lara, certainly doing her job there as a sideline reporter, unlike Carissa Thompson. But <laughs> um, if you look at what transpired in the previous sequences, Andy, and then after that, as Lara says, four-yard touchdown run for Taylor late in the first quarter. I've gone back and watched the play a dozen times. I, I, I see nothing on that play. You even go back and watch Taylor the rest of the game. And you look at the right hand, I don't even notice like heavily taped, heavily wrapped. You know, at some point, did that get taken off? Um, you know, because if you look at it, it's like you don't see like a difference in definition from the right hand to the left hand the rest of the way. But to your point, and I mean, I remember tweeting about it during the second quarter, I remember looking at it at halftime. I mean, they rode Moss that mm-hmm. entire second quarter. They did. One carry for Jonathan Taylor in the second quarter. Uh, you know, I thought, remember the play where he reached for the goal line? Yeah. You know, I thought maybe that could have been it. You know, people have uh, looked at the video. There was a run in the late third quarter where it looks like at one point he kind of shakes the right hand. So I don't know. Maybe that is where it occurred even more. But if you go off that, this would seem to be, again, a right hand, right thumb injury for Taylor. Um, and again, the report yesterday, Jim Mercer telling the athletic the hope is it is just a two to three week injury. With surgery later today, Shane Steichen meets the media coming up uh, in a few hours, so we'll await kind of confirmation on that end. Let me ask you this. Uh, I want to be clear that I don't feel this way with this injury. I understand people that do. I, I also believe, you know, as you get older, you can get mad at injuries, and I get it, but... It's such a violent sport that there's no way to legislate what goes on on that field. The NFL has tried in so many different ways. The NFL's tried, I mean, KB, you know this, so many different ways with quarterbacks. And look how many injuries and missed games that we have had with quarterbacks. You know, JT does come back here. And, you know, this is, what, seven games since he came off IR and signed that contract. In the first couple games, Tennessee and Jacksonville, just, what, 14 carries, six catches in those first two weeks, getting him back acclimated, healthy, getting his timing back, learning the system further, and everything else. And then, you know, he's really been, you can say, the bell cow. I mean, eight, 18 carries in games, over 20 touches in a lot of these games, 15 for 91 and a couple touchdowns against Tampa on Sunday. Does it make you feel different at all about signing Jonathan Taylor? I, I, I because, can't go there. Because I, I, I don't feel that way, but I'm sure some people do. You know, so I, I have a general thought on running backs, and I think our listening audience has heard this before. I, I would not draft the running backs till day three. That would just kind of be my overall drafting philosophy. I, I'm a big believer that all positions are not the same. Uh, there is a hierarchy from 1 to 22 of positional value, and I think the draft should be treated in that manner. Having said that, uh, and again, a part of the reason why, Andy, is it is an oft-injured sort of position. And if I'm going to spend a premium draft pick, I want that dude not torn down off the side of my building 
after you know four or five years, right? And I, I want him potentially hitting prime years, you know, deep into the twenties, around age thirty, et cetera, et cetera. And other positions, I think, offer more longevity uh, than running back. Having said that, the Colts are in a unique situation. They drafted Anthony Richardson. They drafted a dude with very little experience. And and this is how I feel about Michael Pittman and re-signing him. You don't skimp at the skill positions. You don't shortcut it. If you shortcut things with, with Anthony Richardson, you are missing arguably the biggest element in developing a young quarterback, and that is proper support. Um, support and development. We know Richardson needs development. The early signs, pretty good for his individual development. Now the question is, how do you support him? Uh, I, I think there's so many failed quarterbacks, Andy, that if teams would have supported said QB properly, you could at least get a clearer answer, if nothing else. But you're already putting them behind the eight ball. And you know what? I think Carolina is a perfect example of that. Oh, yeah. Bryce Young's living the life right now. His, right best, now. Weapon, his best weapon's Adam Thielen. Yeah, and you can take <laughs> away Thielen. Who's fine, but, you know, come on. In a heartbeat. So, um... That's why I go back to the Taylor extension, why I was such a fan of it, because yes, you run the injury risk. Again, Taylor's been extremely durable throughout his career, but you had the money to spend. You could front load that contract, and at the same time, he is a unique player. So it's not like you were utilizing that money in some other manner that I think significantly would have impacted things. But I I do think overall, the theme for me still stands if I am... You know, restarting a franchise, or if I feel like my quarterback has a little bit more stability, I can get by with the Kansas City approach or what we're now seeing with Philadelphia. Exactly what I was going to say. Miami is churning and burning it with Tua, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, Jeff Wilson had like 16 touches. I mean, Jeff Wilson, who's been injured for the better part of two years. I feel like Miami's had four different running backs Ah, have like 100 yards. They just bring them in. They they just rotate them through. uh, Let's do mention this. Obviously, Zach Moss, you would assume, is going to be the bell cow, and we mentioned it earlier. You know, Moss, I thought he looked pretty darn spry, honestly, on Sunday. Eight carries for 55 Yards. He hasn't played much um, the last couple weeks. No, he just had the one carry against New England. Now, his numbers are slightly different with Gardner Minshew than Richardson as the starter. Uh, I think it's about a half yard per carry less. Um, the other running backs on the roster, Trey Sermon, who we did see a little bit late September, about eight carries for Sermon, I think, as a member of the Colts. He is the only other running back on the 53-man roster. If you go to the practice squad, you have Tyler Goodson, He is an Iowa product. No word yet on if he will be drinking with the Iowa faithful (laughs) later this week in Indianapolis. He's never played in the NFL, undrafted free agent two years ago. And then Xavier Scott, who was with this team uh, back during the offseason, actually making a position switch from wideout to running back. Actually liked him a little bit in the offseason, but he has not played in the NFL. Uh, Names of note, Jake Funk. Is a free agent. I bring that up because he obviously spent some time with the Colts earlier this year. He was on Miami's practice. He got squad. cut not too long ago, right? Didn't Ironically he? enough, yeah, yeah I just got yeah. cut. Uh, Deion Jackson. I didn't realize this till yesterday. You know, he's with your Giants. Oh, is he? Well, Does that describe hey, why listen, your Giants are your Giants? Have a good time. I don't know what to tell him. Uh, he, he is he on Tommy the practice DeVito. squad. And then I saw Kenyon Drake, who spent some time with the Colts this offseason. Uh, he just got released, I think, by the. Browns or Ravens, one of those AFC North teams. So just a little bit of a running back rundown. Again, I, I tend to think they can just roll with what they've got on their roster. And honestly, I, I don't see the need, unless it's going to be a lot worse than it is, I don't see the need to put Taylor on injured reserve. Agreed. Like, you're in a good enough roster position 
where of the seven inactives you have on a weekly basis, I can't recall many times this year where the Colts have had more than like three of those guys out due to injury. Um, you know, last week I'm trying to think it was Kelly, Brents, and Ogletree. I want to th- I I, I want to say were the three: Ryan Kelly concussion, Juju Brents quad, Drew Ogletree foot. Um, so for the most part, you know, you have been relatively healthy from a quantity standpoint this season. And some of those guys may be back here sure, soon, right? Sure, like you yeah. would hope Juju Brents exactly. is back. Yeah, so soon. I, I don't. On paper, I don't see the need. To put Taylor on injured reserve. Yeah, if you look at Zach Moss, I mean, just going back, I know people, when you talk about the split, you know, Trey Sermon will probably get a couple touches, but, I mean, you go back week two, Houston, 18, uh, actually 22 touches in that game for Zach Moss, 32 touches in the Baltimore game, 18 carries against the Rams, and then JT came back in that Tennessee game, but you remember, Zach Moss was great in that game. He had 23 carries, a buck 65, two touchdowns, had a couple catches now again, as Richardson well, was a starter in he, that game, he, and I do think was. we have to mention that he, because he, he was. there are numbers that indicate, again, with Richardson, life is a little different. Um, we mentioned the big touchdown run that Zach Moss had in that game. I mean, if you watch that play, Tennessee defenders are glued to Anthony Richardson, a couple of them springing Moss there. But you could go to the Baltimore game when Minshew started the entire game, and that game went into overtime, and Moss was a bell cow. And I thought, again, I thought on Sunday with Minshew, the eight for fifty five yeah, was, was good. Darn effective. Yeah, he was and, good. And, and like making, you know, some plays after contact, things like that here. But nonetheless, I mean, it is still a loss. Um, and it's just crazy how different the second matchup with Tennessee now is. You know, that was Taylor's <laughs> debut game. Moss kind of stole the show. That was Taylor's debut back in week five. But think about the first matchup. The quarterbacks have started. Tannehill and Richardson. <laughs> Both gone, Both right. Both gone. Uh you had Grover Stewart in that game. He's not here. Uh, Bernard Ryman didn't play in that game. He's now back. Again, Taylor played not a whole lot. Now he's gone. Um, one of their key defensive linemen, uh, Tahir Tart, was out for that game. He was kind of a big run-stopping guy. And Was, remember, By- was Byard still there? He was. Yeah, Kevin Byard yeah, was, he, was, he was still there. Was still there. Um, so, again, a couple of key you know, uh, guys they have, guys they don't. And, and if you go back to that Tennessee game, Andy, Outside of the Richardson injury, which obviously was the biggest storyline that we recapped on that Monday, game-wise, you bullied them. You know, oh, that you, was the story of the game. You beat them at their own thing. Henry had three yards per carry. You stuffed them on the fourth and one. Remember the Zaire Franklin yeah. doing the King celebration or maybe tweeted out, you know, crown me or something after the game. And then you had the big seven, eight-minute drive to kind of ice it there late. Um, so, uh, you know, you kind of bullied them, and you had lost five in a row to them, and you gave them a little bit of their own medicine. Can you duplicate that on Sunday on the road? I wanted to ask you this as well. Coming up in about 10 minutes, top of the hour, Stephen Holder will join us here on the Wake Up Call on the Fan. I, I just I want to throw this your way, I, and I don't know what to do with just all of this. Like, we can talk about still today. I want to dive into what we think it means for the playoffs. Um, and, every, you know, we th- those are things that we will find out as we go. Uh, obviously, Zach Moss is a really good player. This is one reason why you did not trade him back in October is you still need guys. I even want to ask, you know, Stephen Holder, you know, Minshew has had to play so much this season, and Zach Moss has had to play 
so much this season that we always talk about the starters. Chris Ballard this offseason is going to have to make sure they have a quality backup running back. Now, everyone should have one, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor here is going to miss this season at least, what, six, seven games, at least, and in two of the games, he was very much a part-time player. So you're looking at about, you know, getting about, especially if he comes back here at the end of the year, KB, about a half a year from Jonathan Taylor. And obviously we know Anthony Richardson and the season-ending injury. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I don't sense this from you as much, but Colts fans have the woe is me down. Do, I mean, do they? And then, and I mean, part of me gets it. Like, I don't know how their injury situation lines up to everybody else right. in the NFL, but you have Anthony Richardson who, 13 games. I mean, I mean, you look at it. He's going to end up missing 13 games, and even in the games he played, he did not obviously finish all those games, and now you're looking at Jonathan Taylor, a guy you just signed, and the thumb injury, probably not a big deal, but the time you need JT the most is right now, where yeah. you have six games, and if the season ended today, you'd be in the postseason. In the AFC, those final spots, it's just going to be, it's going to come down to the final moments of the regular season. You know that with, you know, three, four, potentially five teams in the mix there. So you're going to have JT, who's going to be out for like seven games, and then it took him a couple games to kind of get acclimated, which is understandable. And then Anthony Richardson, who's out for 13 games. I mean, that that's that's your team. That's yeah. the firepower. Yeah, I mean, Grover, six games, sure. obviously, due to the... PEDs, uh, your offensive line's been a little banged up. I, I tend to live in a bit of a bubble, Andy, that like is so Colt-centric, but I also just believe this is life in the NFL. You know, I I mentioned earlier in the week, like Kevin Stefanski, possible on the coach of the year list. Have you seen Cleveland's injuries? Right. I mean, it's it's absurd. Uh, Nick Chubb, obviously Watson, both their starting tackles. <laughs> All their quarterbacks, uh, Miles Garrett now. You know, Garrett's a sling hurt. on his arm. Yeah. Um, you know, so... I don't know. You could probably go team by team and, and look at some of this. You know, more teams maybe a little bit uh, injured than others with it. But it does seem like from a news cycle standpoint, it's been every single week with this Colts team. It's been every uh, week, yeah. The Shaq Leonard situation, uh, you know, obviously Richardson. Um, and, you know, now you're going to look at Sunday and it's like, I assume Will Levis has already played more than Anthony Richardson this season. Like I, I mean, I'll look at the numbers. I mean, Levis played, what, probably four already games? started yeah, what four sure. or five games, no, and has, I don't think yeah. he's missed a snap within those games. So this is that reminder, and I guess maybe Bryce Young was it a couple weeks ago. But you know, with Bryce Young going one overall, I think it was more of the, okay. Is it Richardson? Is it Levis for the Colts? It's just another kind of kicking the you know what of. I mean, this is what you wanted for your rookie to experience of like these unscripted, meaningful December games. Big time atmospheres. When you're six and six at Florida, you're just not gonna get that same sort of college feel to what NFL do or die week in and week out is every week. And again, that is more than just how does his accuracy look? Right. Is he an NFL thrower? No, no, no. It's more of just, dude, two minutes to go in a game, experience what Baker Mayfield got for a few plays on Sunday. You're down seven. Here's the ball at the thirty five yard line. How do you react? We saw him. In the opener against Jacksonville, he threw the pick in that situation. Now he comes back against the Rams, and he leads a 23-point comeback. So you want him in more of those moments. I go back to Manning's rookie season. 3-13, and Andy, is how we remember that rookie season for Peyton Manning. He throws the most picks of any rookie quarterback in NFL history. 
of those 13 losses, eight of them were one-score games. That is invaluable for Peyton Manning. And that is a guy that started for four years at Tennessee. So that, I think, this week, it's gotten back to the front of my brain, Andy, of like, damn, Mm -hmm. this sucks that Richardson is not out there. Even when Richardson got injured, you know, Minshew had to go down and lead the game-winning drive uh, against Tennessee. Stephen Holder going to join us just quickly. Yeah, I mean, uh, Will Levis has about... You know, about double the attempts right now. Already. Passing attempts already of Anthony Richardson. Yeah, it's almost double. And obviously yeah. he wasn't the starter to begin the season for Tennessee. All right, loaded 8 o'clock hour. Stephen Holder, injury expert Will Carroll at 8.30. More on Jonathan Taylor. We'll unpack it all on a very nice start, by the way, to this Wednesday morning here. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We'll keep the Colts Jonathan Taylor conversation going. Stephen Holder, ESPN.com, going to join us here in just a second. Reminder, Will Carroll going to join us at 830. We'll talk about that thumb, that right thumb, we think, uh, of JT. We'll do that. Tony East going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Pacers will get ready. Uh, obviously, Miami this weekend, and then in-season tournament going to be Monday, 730 there at GameBridge, hosting the Boston Celtics. All right, let's go on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen Holder joins Joins us here every week, 8 o'clock hour on a Wednesday. He's from ESPN.com. Stephen, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, we are fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's jump right into it. Uh, the last 20 hours or so, what have you learned? What do we know about the injury, the time missed, and everything else? What do you make of all of this injury and uh, the uh, the drama yet again as the Colts' Jonathan Taylor going to be out a couple weeks, it looks like? Yeah, so um, 1 p.m. today in Los Angeles, Jonathan Taylor will have surgery on, as you said, I think that right thumb. I believe it's the right thumb, but I haven't nailed that down. But anyhow, um, did get that word from Jamerse last night. It's it's a setback. It, uh, we think this happened in the first half at some point. I would be lying if I told you I knew when it happened. I have seen some video of, of others posted where he's wincing a little bit at one point. But you can't tell what, if anything, happened. So I, I have no idea. And, and I know myself and others talked to Jonathan Taylor after the game, and all seemed normal. I was actually hanging out over there with Zach Moss and him for, for quite some time, you know, just kind of chit-chatting even before, you know, doing actual interviews. I, I never had any inclination that something was wrong. So I don't know. I, I'm in the wrong field, apparently. <laughs> so anyway... It's uh, it's definitely a setback. Two to three weeks is what Ursay thinks. What what I want to know, or what will what time will tell, is whether he's being optimistic or whether that's really the the realistic timeline. 
You know, so we'll just have to see. And and they may not know right away. That's the other thing. They, this may have to be a situation where it plays out, and then he has to kind of see what uh, you know what kind of usage he can have with that thumb as as the healing process goes on. And I will add this, Stephen. We played a clip earlier in the show from Lara Overton. She had a report early in the second quarter um, about the what you say, Mark. Uh, sure. Yeah. If I got, the, for our audience that hasn't heard this, again, this is early second quarter. Steve and everybody out there from yep. Sunday, this was Lara describing uh, why Jonathan Taylor was not in the game at the time. You're going to see Zach Moss in at running back right now because Jonathan Taylor is over on the Colts bench with a few members of the Colts athletic training staff getting his right hand and wrist area heavily taped. So interested if possibly he incurred some contact on that touchdown run, but has it heavily taped. He's now putting his gloves on. He's ready to go back in, but for now it'll be Zach Moss. You know, Steven, it's interesting when you watch the rest of the game. First off, I mean, I've gone back and looked at pictures and videos. You can't even tell any that, that the right hand is taped at all. Like, the, the, there's right. no like significant definition in the right hand versus the left. And then I, I'm, I'm torn on it because Taylor only had one carry in the second quarter, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I think you and I are in the same boat. Like, okay, what's is there an injury? He's got his helmet on. He's right next to. Yep. Um, uh, Whoever the running backs coaches for some reason it's escaping you right right now. So I'm trying to think of like okay, what's going on here? They want to get Moss a little bit more run, so maybe this is playing into it. But I did just want to provide a little bit of context around possibly when this could have occurred. But to your point, Colts never announced an injury. Taylor's screaming and jumping and yelling, running off the field. I don't know if this is just strictly adrenaline, but there were no clear signs, I guess, in game of it. Yeah, and it, I'll tell you, I mean, that was, I thought, one of his best performances since he returned. Oh, for sure. He looked great. He looked great. I mean, had he had more touches, and, and now we, we have some context of why around why maybe he didn't, but had he had more touches, that could have been a big game. And and let me tell you, and you know this, that Buccaneers uh, rushing defense is excellent. It's very good. They came in not expecting to be able to run the ball. I mean, you saw what Shane Steichen's game plan was. It was throw it up and down the field, to which we were kind of like, all right, uh, you know, don't forget who your quarterback is. But <laughs> that was there was a reason for that. It wasn't just you know, Shane Steichen just kind of being, you know, sort of willy-nilly. Uh, they, they were afraid that, that they may have some challenges running the ball, particularly with Ryan Kelly missing that game at center. So – I think it even gives more credence to the kind of performance Jonathan Taylor had in light of the circumstances. So really remarkable when you think about it. Last Taylor one from me and again, Stephen Holder, ESPN with us. I is, you know, when Taylor was out back early in the season, it was, Hey, are they going to get a free agent running back? How are they going to handle things? You know, Zach Moss obviously had his broken arm. He was out for, you know, a huge chunk of training camp in the preseason. I believe they'll just roll with what they've got. Moss, Trey Sermon, they got a couple guys on the practice squad. I don't know, maybe they bring back Jake Funk or something. But uh, do you think they'll go outside the building at all? Not in any meaningful way, no. I'm with you. I think that the majority of the load will be Zach Moss. And, you know, they didn't really share the load uh, when Zach Moss had to go it alone early on. And I think they'll go back to that just because I think the drop-off beyond him is pretty significant. And that, with the coupled with the fact that I mean, Zach Moss has, has earned the right, I mean, he's, he's good enough. And I, it's funny, I mentioned to someone yesterday, you know, someone uh, on the cold staff, I, I mentioned to them, I said, hey, you know, 
you know what's going to happen here. Zach Boss is going to have another couple big games, and you guys are going to lose him for agency. <laughs> sure. He, he, and, you know, it's a good problem to have, and, they, you know, we both got a laugh out of it. But I think that's where this is heading. That's what they're hoping for, frankly, that – that he does outperform expectations and does well. Stephen Holder with us here. Wake up call on the fan. Uh, Stephen joins us here. Pay less liquors hotline. There's no way, Stephen, to answer this question. It's unfair, but we've kicked it around a little bit this morning. It's what fans are talking about. Six games left right now. If the season were to end, you'd be in the you'd be in the playoffs and everything else. So such a vital stretch, and now on the road, back to back games. Just in your mind, how much does this affect their playoff chances? with Jonathan Taylor finally playing really good football and now being injured? I think it hurts, actually. I I think it hurts a fair amount. I'm not saying it knocks him out, not at all, but I I do think it hurts a fair amount. I mean, think about it. You have some really good balance here between between the the run and pass that you're able to have, and and the reason for that is is largely because – of Taylor, I, I am not discounting Zach Moss. I just said all these nice things about him, so I'm not taking them back. What I'm saying is that, number one, the balance between those two guys has been a, a really good mix. I'm talking about Taylor and, and, and Moss. But the juice, the big plays, they tend to come from, from Taylor. And, and you see how he is, he is maximizing every run right now. And if, this, if it's third and three, they're not afraid to give it to Taylor and tell him go get three yards and he can do it and is doing it. So I don't know. I, I do think it hurts a fair amount. Uh, we remember a few weeks back talking about, you know, sort of the, the play or the usage between the two with Shane Steichen. And he talked about how, you know, he has certain plays that are tagged for, for certain running backs. So I wonder then does that maybe condense, the types of plays that he can call in certain situations because he prefers to run those with Taylor. So little things like that that we don't always know or aren't privy to do have an effect on the game, on the play caller, and on the offense in general. He is Stephen Holder from ESPN. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Colts are going to have a walkthrough today as they get ready to take on the Titans coming up this Sunday in Nashville. Stephen, you bring up free agency, Zach Moss. I mean, honestly, I, I can't recall a time in the Chris Ballard era they've had this many notable free agents. I think you could point to yeah. a handful that are going to merit a, a decent to better than decent market out there. One of those, in my opinion, would be Michael Pittman Jr., I feel like the Colts love Pittman. I think they love him a lot more than the public perception views him. And again, I think we get so stuck in the number one whiteout label that there's a lot more context around it than just, is the guy a top 10 whiteout or not? Could you see Michael Pittman being presented a contract extension here late in the season? I'm not saying Pittman would necessarily sign it, but could you see that happening? Because I just feel like the Colts love the dude. First of all, I could not agree more. I do, I do think that we spend way too much time. And look, I get it. This is talk radio. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what people want, right? But we do spend probably an inordinate, an inordinate amount of time talking about what, what he is. Instead of, or what, you know, what, how he should be classified. As opposed to talking about what is inarguable. Which is all he does is produce. All the time. That's all he does. And I think that matters more than anything, to be honest. I mean, is he a number one and number two? I don't know, but he's on pace for 1,200 yards. I can tell you that. That is a fact. So, yes, I'm with you. 
I think I think the world of Michael Pittman doesn't mean they shouldn't go get someone else. I, I don't know how that'll work, but that's a different question. As for Michael Pittman, yeah, I think I don't know whether the Colts will do that in terms of presenting the contract. I think it would be smart, however, because I do think the, I do think the, the the cost is going up by the day here, and I get it. There are other wide receivers in this class. It's it's a pretty notable class, in fact. Yeah, Mike so, Evans being one of them, who we just saw. Yeah, exactly. So it's not to say like he won't have competition, but I mean we've said that before at other positions. And you know what happens, okay? It's it's inevitable that guys will get franchised or they will resign with their own teams, and the actual free agent list is not going to be very good ultimately, or at least not what you think it's going to be. So, given all of that, if you let your guy get to the market, you might find that he doesn't have that much company at his position, and that makes him more in demand and more expensive. So, I think it would be very smart. Now, what I don't know is from a salary cap perspective what their flexibility is and, and how how it might affect them from that perspective. So that's a question, and I need to do my homework on that. But just from the standpoint of whether it makes sense, 100%, yeah. it absolutely makes sense to approach Pittman now. Stephen Holder, ESPN.com with us. Stephen, I heard you on yesterday with uh, Jake and Jimmy, and you called Pittman a dog, D-A-W-G. That's exactly what he is. That's exactly what he is. He is just a tough dude that catches everything. And he had you know, he had a couple uh, fingertip catches even on Sunday against Tampa Bay. We're like, okay, that might be a seven-yard catch, but that uh, not every wide receiver is making that. Stephen Holder with us here on the fan. Uh, Stephen, I just, you know, I was going to ask you this week, I wrote a note just, you know, leaving this season, whether they make the postseason or not, and we'll see how they finish out here the final six games. One of the positive things, the most positive things perhaps, especially that AR has been out, is just the confidence in Shane Steichen. It looks like the moment's not too big for him. Uh, I was going to ask you about the fourth down calls and everything else, but now that they have injuries, I mean, you look at it, I mean, Taylor's going to miss at least six, seven games this season, and a couple of those games, he was very much a part-time player, right? Eight, you know, yeah. eight, eight touches, getting him acclimated. So he's going to be affected in like nine games this season. And we know Anthony Richardson's missing 13 games and he had injuries within those games. So whether it be injuries, Grover Stewart, the offensive line, the, even the drama with Jonathan Taylor, a game like Sunday against Tampa Bay, I thought Steichen outcoached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if nothing else this season, the fact that you have uh, a, 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 a head coach coach who is in tune with today's NFL. I can't say enough about what Steichen's done thus far this season. I, I couldn't agree more. Look, I, I think a great example is, and I know we've probably covered this over the last couple of days, but that, that fourth, and, fourth and one call that you just mentioned, I thought that the most notable thing about that was not that they ran it necessarily. It's a good play. Um, other teams have, have used it at the college level, apparently. Um, Tom Manning, the tight ends coach, might have stole that from his, from his last stop, in fact, <laughs> Iowa State. Um, I got a lot of Iowa State fans in my mentions, which is hilarious because I didn't know they knew I existed. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what I loved about that play more than anything is, again, not that they ran it, but the fact that they ran it from midfield. That was intended to be a red zone play because – the thinking there is, all right, look, it's kind of aggressive, right? If we don't execute this and, and we fall flat on our face, 
we're going to look bad. So let's not run this like in an area of the field that could get us in trouble, right? Let's run it down there, the red zone, and if it doesn't work, well, hey, we'll just play defense and we'll stop them. That's what you'd say, right, in the meeting room, in the game planning portion of the week. Instead, Sykin says, you know what, I don't care. Let's go for it. We're going we're gonna to be better than them. And they were. They absolutely were. Uh, those guys sold it. He trusted his guys. That's the one word I heard after the game quite a bit. Gardner Minshew, uh, Michael Pittman, the word was trust. Because, the, the one, as Michael Pittman put it, look, coaches, when they take chances, the blame falls back on them. Right. The blame is going to go on Shane Steichen. Nobody's going to blame Gardner Minshew. Ah, you didn't carry out the fake good enough. Uh, no, the first criticism is going to be, what an idiot. You got to too cute. Point. Yes. And I and I would I oftentimes have been that guy, all right? I mean, we all have. We've all made those criticisms. But that's why you have to have a certain air of confidence to make those kinds of calls in that situation, in that part of the field. And Shane Steichen, man, he's, he's bold. I'll give him that. He is bold. Look, they're not the best fourth down team in the league or anything. They're, they're literally middle of the pack, like 14th or 15th and fourth down conversions. But that's not what this is about. I think when you coach with confidence, that confidence then trickles down to your team and they play with the same. Stephen, last one from me, and Stephen Holder uh, is with us here from ESPN. I, I know this a week ago. This is the first time we've had the chance to chat with you since that. And, and I don't know. I One, I feel like you have a pretty good relationship with Jim Irsay, so um, I feel like you're a good person to ask. Two, he, he was referencing ESPN employees in his tweet <laughs> rant last <laughs> week. Um, anything more that played out from the Irsay HBO appearance, the Carmel Cops comment, the Stephen A. Smith comment. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he called one of the women on first take ugly. I'm not sure he called that person out by name per se. But I, I, right. I, is there anything I guess more to this, or is this Jim Irsay being Jim Irsay? And you know, whatever. Next time he talks to media, maybe it'll be a question then. But nothing uh, as of now. Well, it is to a great extent, Jim Mercy being Jim Mercy. That's true. Sure. But in this respect, it, I, I have always felt, and for a very long time, and you know this too, Jim Mercy loves to be loved more than anything. He loves to hand out those $100 bills at training camp, all that, right? And this, this is not a criticism of that. That's great. But he does it because he has a good heart, but he also does it because he likes – the attention he likes the adoration i mean that all we all do right that's fine and when when something negative happens with him he doesn't get that and i think it bothers him and particularly when he gets criticized so he was criticized heavily for his comments on hbo about the, the carmel police situation and that resulted in a lot of criticism you know far and wide it's why he was talking about first take he can't handle that very well he just doesn't handle it well. So what does he do? He digs in further and further and further and makes a bad situation worse. It's a very, it's a bad tendency that he has. And that's to say nothing of the fact that, look, I mean, the, the comment itself is problematic, right? Now, a lot of people who don't know Jim Mercy might think, okay, well, that's really, uh, that's really disingenuous to say something like that when, you know, we have... We have a lot of issues in this country. Certainly, we had an entire summer in 2020 
you know, geared toward talking about inequity with how the police deal with certain groups of people that look like me, right? However, the funny thing about it is I actually don't think he's remotely racist necessarily. He's a rich guy that lives in a different world than we do. That's his problem. That's what makes him prejudice, or I guess that's what shapes his worldview. Not, not prejudice like racist. It, just, it shapes his worldview. That's how he sees the world, you know? And so he can't relate to other people's problems because he's never experienced them. So anyway, so he has two issues. Number one, he lives in a different universe than the rest of us. And then number two, when he gets criticized, he doesn't know how to just cut his losses and leave well enough alone because he loves to be loved. And I don't know how he fixed that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's pretty well said on it. Yeah, he just seems like we're back to, you know, whatever. Abby's hat pick tweets and, um, you know, random stuff about the game. Uh, all right, Stephen, great stuff as always. Thank you for the time. And uh, we'll uh, await, I guess, some Shane Steichen confirmation here coming up in a few hours. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, let's jump on. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Out. Pay less liquors hotline. Will Carroll, our injury expert at injury expert. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, uh, Will, uh, number one, good morning. Number two, uh, quite the 20 minutes ago, you put quite the tease on Twitter. I mean, it's very professional. You, you wrote Jonathan Taylor having surgery in LA, uh, yet has a two to three week timeline question mark. What do he and Aaron Rodgers have in common? And you said you were going to discuss with us. So let's start there and discuss yeah. that. What do they have in common? common the it's the brace that they're having it's not exactly the similar but it's developed by the same company arthrex down in florida and yeah what we've seen is the ability to have this it's basically it's called suture tape in one application which will be for taylor and his thumb uh what aaron Rodgers and brock bowers the tight end from georgia had uh uses tightrope uh which is basically just thicker uh, run of the material. So uh, basically this 
really, really strong fibrous brace that they put in alongside repairing the ligament allows people to come back in almost literally half the time. Steve Shin, phenomenal doctor. You're right, calling him the guy for hands. Yeah, he's done everybody who's had a hand injury. He really was involved in developing this surgery, and his technique is what everyone else uh, has, has really taken up. So it's gone from being an 8- to 12-week injury to a three to four week injury. Wow. Two to three is a little aggressive. We saw Chris Paul come back in about four weeks. We saw Mike Trout come back. I was told he could have been back at three, but the Angels are always conservative, so he came back at four. This is something that's going to be interesting to watch, but we just saw Bowers come back from a tightrope surgery in his high ankle in 26 days. The average time for the NFL, I I don't have a good NCAA timeline for it, but the average time for a return in the NFL from that type of injury uh, is is eight weeks. He did it in 26 days. Hmm. That is fascinating. Hmm. So are are we looking at here, Will, this is more of a a ball security, um, you know, is the hand strong enough to handle playing running back in the NFL like that? You know, because... I think the common theme yesterday when people hear thumb injury and they hear that Jonathan Taylor played multiple quarters with it, they just automatically say, wrap it up, pad it up, play. Yeah, Yeah, uh, watch the tape. He's carrying it with his other hand. Uh, They were clearly running that direction, so it was on the outside. Um, you know, they, they ran a couple times to the the opposite side, and he cut back. I think knowingly or subconsciously. So yeah, it's completely about ball control. Uh, this injury happened because, man, when you're in those piles, when you get held up, and they're trying to rip away the ball, they're punching the ball. Somebody must have, I'm sure, not intentionally, but this is going to happen. Just pulled his thumb back, and that ligament couldn't handle it and snapped. It's common. That's how it happened to Drew Brees who had uh, the same exact surgery uh, I expect Taylor to have and came back quickly. Uh, and he has to grip the ball to, to throw it as well as control it. Uh, Taylor only has to be able to hold on to it. How do you view, um, I guess, you referenced ligaments there. This is more ligament and not bone? Yeah. Yeah, this is a sprain. Now, it, the bone can be involved. It's not uncommon for a, basically where the ligament attaches into the bone. There, the metacarpal phalangeal joint. Say that twice. Oh, uh, <laughs> it, so, what? A little piece of bone gets pulled out. It's called an avulsion fracture. That's not uncommon, and it doesn't take long to heal. And basically, they drill uh, the piece of ligament right back in there anyway. Will Carroll with us here. Will, we, we laughed earlier on the show. We love having you on, but we also hate having you on. You understand that, yeah, right? Reaper. Uh, yeah. yeah I get it. <laughs> you, you give us great stuff, but, you know, Anthony Richardson. An intelligent Grim yeah, Reaper. Yes. I mean, let's, uh, let's be fair. It needs to be said. You are an intelligent Grim Highly Reaper. Intelligent. But still a Grim Reaper, uh, nonetheless. <laughs> Will Carroll with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, so you think two to th- two, two weeks, definitely, but two to three weeks, uh, a little aggressive. You think more of four weeks? I mean, there's no way to know, but what do you think? Yeah, you know, I keep going back to Mike Trout and Chris Paul. That was a couple years ago. We've gotten more aggressive with the rehab. We understand it better, and we're just willing to go a little bit quicker. I was comparing it to Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers had the tightrope in his Achilles. He's using very, very aggressive, very scientific, uh, odd for him, uh, rehab techniques. He's using blood flow restriction. He's using this thing called a Neuro 20 smart suit that, like, 
you guys have all seen electrical stimulation that they'll put on muscles after a muscle strain. This actually stimulates muscles in a what it's called a scientific dynamic matrix. So if you take a step or you're making one activity, it like fires muscles on the other side. I don't fully understand it, but I think it's cool. Uh, you know, so Rogers is doing all these things and being very aggressive and is willing to take a risk. The thing I'm curious about with Taylor is how much do you risk on it? I know they're in playoff position, but if Zach Moss is playing as well, do you give him that extra week? How much risk is there? Well, he could tear it again. So you go and do the same surgery again, and he's ready for the next season. So how much pain is Taylor willing to take on the downside? What will, um, and again, Will Carroll, the injury expert, uh, under the knife on Substack, that's where you can find his work. Uh, he's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. What will tell the Colts that Taylor is good to go? Is it simply, hey man, can you withstand catching passes, handling some contact? Is there like, okay, we have to look at an x-ray and that indicates, you know, the ligament is 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 good? What, what, what will kind of be the evidence that say, all right, he can be back in the lineup? I can remember a couple of years ago at a conference talking to Steve Shin about this kind of operation uh, and how much it was going to advance things. And I think he was even conservative on it. But I said, what's really the test for this? Is it grip? Is it you know, being able to have the same grip strength as the other side? He goes, no, nah, it's just a handshake usually. <laughs> Gosh. Just a handshake. Just a firm presidential handshake. And I, then, I like that. And then, who, who has Dr. Shin worked on besides? I don't know if I want to be the person shaking Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> hand. to, to, to That sounds like a lot of responsibility. Yeah, who does that? It has to be Ballard or Steichen, I would well, imagine, Steichen has to do that. to hold Ursay's hand in the locker room. I, I'm <laughs> thinking it'll be the team doctor. But, you know, the Colts have had better uh, results. Uh, again, it, Mike, the ones uh, I go to are Mike Trout and Chris Paul because they're the best known. Drew Brees also... Uh, so those are the kind of, kind of things we've seen. But remember, we've seen leaps and bounds advances in the last two years. So using things from 2019, like Breeze, mm. aren't the best comparison because we've made so many advances right. since then. Will Carroll with us. All right, Will, I'm doing this. This has nothing to do with Jonathan Taylor, but I'm just interested. I think Aaron Rodgers, I think they did all this BS to try to get the Jets to not implode. What the hell do you think is going on with Aaron Rodgers, who pretty much yesterday backed off playing? What do you think What do you think happened here over the last few weeks? I just want your opinion on it. I mean, did he tear his Achilles? Did he not? What's going on there? It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah he, de- he definitely tore it. Uh, you know, Neil Elitrosh, uh, who worked with Steve Chin. Uh, so, you know, one was in one uh, operating room, one was in the other. Um, it's one of those situations where, again, because of the advances we've seen, if you told me Brock Bowers was going to come back in 30 days, right. in six weeks from this, I would be like, wow, that's kind of aggressive. 26 days and playing high level in a game, he looks great. Uh, Rogers had a surgery, again, that's relatively new, the advances, and he was willing. Look, if you or I have a surgery, then we go to PT, what, two, three times a week? This guy's doing it basically eight, ten hours a day. Uh, again, he's using really advanced techniques like blood flow restriction uh, that allow people to do things much quicker. Uh, you get strength gains, like double the rate. 
So I still haven't seen him do things. We've seen seen him walk out on the field. We've seen him throwing. But we haven't seen something that actually stresses the the, the Achilles itself. Uh, I tweeted at Pat McAfee the other day. I was like, just to have Aaron Rodgers jump once. If we could see that, we'd know how well he was doing. Um, But did he tear his Achilles? Absolutely. Are we going to see other people on this same timeline? Absolutely. Again, there's not a ton of downside for him. I just don't understand why he would want to do it with that line. Uh, you know, I'm not so much worried about his Achilles because he's basically got a big piece of Kevlar holding it together. I'm worried about his head and his neck and his you know, ribs and everything else behind that line. Hmm. All right, well, last one, and going back to the Colts, Anthony Richardson now a little over a month removed from his shoulder surgery, as you <laughs> mentioned, in L.A., Neil Elitraj yeah. doing it. Uh, he has now left L.A., began his rehab there. We saw him on the sideline Sunday, you know, a, a pretty mm-hmm. big sling still on that right arm, right shoulder area. What does, you know, whatever, four to six weeks post-surgery look like for Richardson rehab-wise, and what is upcoming for him? It's, it's not going to be a short one, but again, this is the same sort of technique. You know, Elitrash used uh, two brand new, yeah, not brand new techniques, uh, but you know, 10 years ago, this would have been a career ender for him. You could not repair a severe AC and CC sprain like this. Uh, but now, again, using tightrope, they were able to put it together. They used a, a screw called a dog bone, uh, again, same company, Arthrex, that developed it, and they put his shoulder back together. And then he spent four weeks, and this is the part that doesn't get talked about a lot um that you know neil elitrash does amazing surgery steven chin does an amazing surgery uh both uh, of them are likely to see heather milligan who is one of the top pts in the country and works with most of neil elitrash's patients so the work she did in those first couple weeks uh are absolutely amazing and people probably know heather better because one of his patients uh arnold schwarzenegger uh, they've been dating for like 10 years. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's a nice little tidbit. How about that? <laughs> that no sounds idea. very Hollywood-like. It does. Will? How about that? That's great. Yeah, that is great stuff. Uh, uh, Will, cannot Appreciate thank it, you enough. Again, uh, it, very intelligent, grim reaper. That's what we're going to describe Will Carroll as <laughs> moving forward. It's at the injury expert on Twitter. And again, under the knife over on Substack. Will, thank you, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Will Carroll, Pay Less Slickers Hotline. Darling, work on my shoulder. <laughs> Very good, Mark Dyson. Oh, Dighton. goodness. I thought that was great stuff. That was really insightful. Great. No, you always learn something. I no, mean, I... him and Steven Chin, uh, the doctor reportedly performing the surgery on Taylor, clearly had some sort of interaction here. Um, so that is interesting to hear about the timeline. And, you know, when you hear the two to three weeks, and Will thinking that's a little bit, and again, to be accurate with, the Ursay quote to James Boyd, I believe the word hope was in there. Hope was there, we right. We hope it is two to three weeks. That's why the injured reserve, which would be at least four weeks, has not been ruled out. Now, again, I don't think the Colts are in a situation where they desperately need the roster spot so much that they should place Taylor on injured reserve. But I guess now the question becomes this, Andy. How does the timetable of Chris Paul, Drew Brees, Mike Trout, how does that relate to an NFL running back? You know, Steph Curry and Chris Paul, they use that right hand and right thumb. You could make the argument they might use it more in a sporting event than Taylor, but obviously Taylor uses it in a much more of a violent manner. Yeah, they don't have as, they don't have as much contact. You know, they're not with stiff it. arming and guys are, you know, trying to get the ball out and you know, do you only carry it in your left hand? So 
Um, it's very interesting to watch. You know, it doesn't seem like, and maybe we do, but it doesn't seem like we have an obvious kind of NFL comp at running back. Whereas in Trout and Breeze and Curry and Paul, you know, those are guys that obviously need their hands performing at a very high level, but different sports. It's just frustrating. Uh, that's what I go back to. It's just frustrating. You know, oh, I mean, JT's on the side of the building. You're, he's play, He's starting to play the best football he's played. And you have a three-game winning streak. And, I mean, we walked in here Monday. It's as good of a Colts. I mean, the Colts. a Colts fan has felt it's been how many years since they felt the way they felt on Monday after the Tampa Bay game, right? Yeah, I, I still think you got some of that in December 2021. Now, yeah, it, that's it, probably it, right. 2021, yeah. It quickly evaporated, but... You know, that, but you that, had that excitement going into the final couple weeks of the season. Yeah. And this is different and, excitement. I don't think this is necessarily like, you know, you're going to get in the dance and make noise. It's that last year was such an utter embarrassment. Thank the Lord it's not there. And now the optimism moving forward is there. And the light at the end of the tunnel is there. And Shane Steichen, as the future head coach, you feel very good about. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, as long as everything checks in the health department, you feel good about that as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I still think, like, Taylor is a, it is a notable loss, but I still think, you know, beating Tennessee and Nashville is very doable. Mm-hmm. You know, beating Cincinnati at home is very doable. I mean, I'm trying to decide, I'm trying to decide how it's affecting the next, like, I, I have Taylor missing three games. Is that unfair, at least? I mean, come on. Sure, three yeah, three just, games. Just I mean, he's, three, he's yeah. having surgery this week. So essentially be like two and a half weeks from surgery is what I have him missing. And I have no idea. Maybe he's back in a couple games. Maybe it's longer. Maybe they lose some games here and they're like, you know what? We're going to put him on the shelf, that sort of thing. I, I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be here, but I'm trying to figure out. You know, they need to win four more games, right? Like, we agree with that. They need to get to 10 wins. They need to be four and two in the final six games. And Jonathan Taylor goes a long way in. Uh, in lengthening your margin for error against some not-so-good teams. And Tennessee and the Bengals, with their injuries, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, and others, you know they have defensive injuries as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor helps you beat those teams. And he just... Taylor just means more to the Colts because, A, he's a great player. It's not only that. You mentioned in our number one, the next-gen stats, how many more yards he gets um, basically like after contact or yards that aren't even blocked for him. But it's just the fact that they have that they have a lack of weapons, right? That they aren't flush with all these weapons that some other teams have. That makes him even more valuable. It's one reason they gave him the three-year deal. So it's just frustrating. That's what it is. If you're a Colts fan, it's just frustrating. You hope it's two. Th- uh, you hope it's two weeks. I kind of think it's going to be three. Yeah, and I will add this. We mentioned it earlier in the show. If you look at the remaining schedule and the importance of these three games. Um, Basically, playoff odds can fluctuate, obviously, with a win or loss week in and week out. The most important game the rest of the season is the season finale right now. If you look at the analytics site, uh, it's a 39% difference of making the playoffs versus missing the playoffs, whether you beat Houston in the final game of the season or you lose them. That's the biggest game one way or the other shifting-wise the rest of the year. Two, three, and four on that list, Andy, are the next three weeks. Mm -hmm, Right. Uh, Tennessee's at 29%. Cincinnati's also at 29%. And then Pittsburgh, which is the third game of this three-week span, that's at 36%. So, 
you know, when you view some of these games, like the Falcons game on Christmas Eve, that's at 19% because it's an NFC game. It doesn't have as much meaning. Still obviously meaningful, but not as much. So uh, that is something um, to mention as well. Uh, and by the way, one more game for Grover Stewart. I know some people have asked that. He is out again this Sunday. All right, we'll continue this conversation. Talk some Pacers coming up in the 9 o'clock hour.